Anyway, it was probably should have gone to the French Laundry. No, it was a dumb, it was a terrible mistake. It wasn't illegal, it was wrong. And I totally violated the spirit of what I was preaching, and it was wrong, and I own that. I own that. And you know what? For the grace of God, no one else has ever made a mistake. I guess I did. I own that. Okay, everybody makes mistakes. However, that was a dumb one. it was dumb. And I own it. So I don't need to be reminded of it. Close quarters with no mask, and I'm like, all right. It was, it was hey, look, by the way, right. I think it was your birthday party, right? Uh, it was a good friend's 50th birthday oh, party. Okay. The, the restaurant was legally open. It was dumb. So that was Gavin Newsom on King Hannity. Everybody, welcome to the set. Thanks for joining us here tonight. I'm Herschel Alex. And Gavin Newsom shut the state of California down. He's the governor over there. And on Hannity, apologized for not shutting down the state of California during COVID, but for being in a fancy steakhouse while there was a massive lockdown across the state mask mandates were being enforced all the restaurants had to be shut down kids weren't able to go to school and now he's saying it was wrong of me to do that not that i broke the law first of all before we get any farther with this about me not accepting his apology and he apologized for doing that as you just heard wait he said in this cut i didn't break the law well it was illegal to go to a restaurant when there was the lockdown right he made it law. That was a policy put in place by him. All restaurants had to be shut down. He weren't allowed to go. He had to social distance out in the street, wear masks. It was being enforced. You got a ticket. How could it be that it's not illegal for Gavin Newsom to do that? Well, he's the governor. And so he literally made rules for you, but not for him, which is way worse. Why would you say that, Gavin Newsom? That is so stupid. Listen. Okay, it's one thing if you break the law that you've made. It's another thing to say, I made a law for you people, but not for me. That's an absolute double standard. That, that's despicable, and for his lobbyists as well. So he said, it was a friend's birthday party. Yeah, it was a lobbyist's birthday party, as we found out. Lobbyists are the best friends of the politicians because they give them a lot of money. 20 grand was thrown at that party. It's absolutely crazy for him to do that. Now, some people are saying... That they don't think his apology is sincere. It's an insincere apology. He's just saying it because Hannity pushed him to the corner uh, because there's pictures of him masksless. And this interview was done last week. That's what I'm talking about it now. And in that restaurant, they were closely together. And so that's why he had to apologize. He had no choice. And I agree it's insincere, but my problem is not that his apology is insincere. My problem is that he gave the wrong apology. He shouldn't be apologizing for being in that restaurant during when he shut down the state. He should be apologizing for shutting down the state of California because why did he shut it down? He said because he was afraid of the safety for the security and the safety of the people of his state, right? He didn't want people to die. COVID is so lethal. Young and old were dying. We don't want people catching it. That's why you got to wear masks and you got to... Shut down the schools. Kids shouldn't be able to go there. How well kids don't die from COVID. Oh well, one kid did. Uh, we had a condition. That's why he died. Doesn't matter. We just shut everything down because I'm so scared of COVID. Well, Gavin Newsom, if he was so scared of COVID, would not have gone at the height of the pandemic to that restaurant when he had the state shut down. So clearly, he did not believe what he was saying that COVID is so dangerous, right? So it's not just that you broke the law and went to the restaurant. The bigger problem is that you shut down the state. And you claimed you shut it down because you were afraid for the security of the people of your state. You didn't care about COVID. You weren't afraid. One person that Gavin Newsom cares about, and the only person, is himself. So if you would have been so scared and really believed that COVID was that lethal for a young person and the restaurant should be shut down, he would not have been found in that restaurant. So the apology here should be, 
I'm sorry for shutting down the state. And he has to apologize, not just for the people in California, for everybody across the country, because the shutdown in California, as well as other democratic states and cities, the ramifications of that, that had an effect on all the states in the country. Inflation is partly because of that now. We should have been out of that. Joe Biden did a terrible job stopping production of gasoline is why inflation is through the roof now. Uh, and it's cr- crazy spending by Democrats in Congress ha- and Senate and Joe Biden signing off on those bills, trillions of dollars. That caused inflation to go up even higher. We should have gone out of this inflation problem, and we're still stuck in it. But it started off with COVID for sure. And so even if you don't live in Gavin Newsom state, Gavin Newsom has to apologize for needlessly shutting down the state of California when he really didn't believe it was so dangerous because the ramifications affected you as well. That's why you're paying more for your groceries and more in the store. I will call it our case is a thug. I've named him deranged Jack Smith. I wonder what his name used to be, Jack Smith. It sounds so innocent, doesn't it? Jack Smith. What's his name? Jack Smith. He's a very nice man. The range Jack Smith, that's President Trump giving a name for his special counsel appointed by the Biden administration to look into wrongdoings of Trump where he had classified documents in his possession of Mar-a-Lago after he left office. And Donald Trump didn't cooperate with the FBI when they asked him to give back classified documents. He was indicted and last week he was arraigned. Right after the arraignment that evening, he went to New Jersey and gave a campaign speech where he addressed this arraignment of his that happened that day, and that's the title he gave. Now, when you think about it, you have the special counsel, Jack Smith, coming out this quickly and bringing charges against President Trump for his debacle with the classified documents, but with Joe Biden, who we now know that he had classified documents in his garage next to his Corvette, which anybody was able to get their hands on, anybody that worked in that home, wasn't in a locked, secure room. He had classified documents in a cabinet, which aides of his that aren't privy to classified information stumbled upon those documents and handed it over to the National Archives Association. So there was a special counsel appointed also for the Bidens to look into that of Joe Biden's wrongdoing with the classified information, and where's the special counsel to be found? Nowhere. Not doing any deep dive, and we're not going to find out anything about Joe Biden's mishandling of classified information because there's a double standard of justice here. When you look at it at the beginning of the story, National Archive Association reaching out to President Trump and asking of him to give back classified documents when they didn't ask of Joe Biden, when they didn't ask of Obama, when they didn't ask of Mike Pence or anybody else at that level in government to give back classified information. Now, the media right away said, well, nobody else has classified documents. Nobody is as despicable as Trump to have classified information after they leave office in their private possession. And then it turned out that they did. Now, why did National Archives Association not ask of Joe Biden to give it back when he had those documents in his possession when he was vice president, Trump is president, so it's debatable if Trump was able to declassify the documents when he left office, not afterwards, but the day that he left, when he took those documents from the White House to Mar-a-Lago by intending to keep them, he intended to declassify them because that's all it takes for the president to declassify the documents, and it's debatable to say that it's not the case, but there are legal experts that say that. With the case of Joe Biden, he had him for years, 
and he was never asked to hand over the classified documents. And until today, he still wouldn't be asked to give over the documents because the National Archives Association wasn't interested in looking into his case. It was just that an aide of his stumbled upon the documents and gave it over to the National Archives Association. Now, in this indictment uh, being brought against President Trump, one of the things that uh, Jack Smith wrote as evidence to say that Trump agrees that having classified information and documents in your private possession is wrong, he put in the fact that in 2016, when Trump was running, he he would cheer on the crowd saying, lock her up, talking about Hillary Clinton and the private server full of classified information that Hillary Clinton had. And so he's saying Trump agrees that once you leave office, you're not allowed to have classified information in your possession. Now, once again, the difference is that Trump might have declassified them when he left from the White House to Mar-a-Lago because he's the president and he can declassify, unlike Hillary Clinton, who can't. But still, the problem, even if you say that Trump didn't declassify the information, the problem with Hillary Clinton, and the reason why people were so outraged, now here's the difference. Donald Trump, here's the difference between Trump, Hillary Clinton, and Joe Biden. Trump versus Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden. Hillary Clinton had the classified information on a private server. Republicans weren't outraged that she had the classified information in her private possession. The problem was that she was negligent with how she handled those classified documents, with, with her being so irresponsible as having it on a private server that can easily be hacked by another country. And that is the problem. You were entrusted with being able to be responsible with those classified documents and information, right? That's why you were privy to classified information. We trusted the President Obama to appoint a Secretary of State like Hillary Clinton. Well, now we know she's a bunch of baloney full of corrupt all the way. And so she has to be responsible with how she handles those classified information while in office and even after she leaves. Now, when you look at Joe Biden, his situation, I think, is also way worse than President Trump. Joe Biden handed over the classified documents right away. Never asked, never asked him to give it back. But let's look at how he mishandled the documents that he had in his possession for all these years, whether by accident or not. He has to be responsible. He was entrusted with that. And for him to just lose sight of the documents and totally forget that he had them, that in itself should be an impeachable offense when he's president now because it shows us that he doesn't know how to be responsible, by accident or not, with heavy-duty information of the American people and to make sure it doesn't get into the wrong hands. So we can't have a president that, that's a, in, in that way so negligent. Now, the biggest issue of Joe Biden's, just like with Hillary Clinton, is not that he had the classified information in his possession. Republicans don't care about that. Nobody does, unless it's President Trump. The Democrats care about him having the classified information in Mar-a-Lago. Joe Biden, his mishandling of the documents was having it, by accident or not, in a garage next to a Corvette where people working in that home could get a hold of it, right? You don't know if they're good people or bad people. They're certainly not privy to classified information. In fact... The aides that found the classified information in Joe Biden's office that had ties with an institution that got $200 million from China, so I'd like to know what kind of spies were walking around that office, those aides stumbled upon the classified information and gave it over to NARA. These people we know for sure were not privy to classified information, so we don't know if they went through what was on those papers. Now, the Biden administration says they handed it immediately over to the FBI, but Joe Biden should not have allowed that to take place, people that aren't privy of, to be able to look on and have classified information to get their hands on those documents, that is the biggest issue. That's why he needs to be held accountable 
for being negligent with classified information. Even if you say it's a mistake, you know, in the military, if you mishandle classified information, you could end up in jail for a whole long time, whether it's by accident or not. And there you have these classified documents that spoke about Russia, Ukraine, China, the documents that Joe Biden had. Trump, the documents he had, was locked up in a secure storage room. Joe Biden's case, those were serious classified documents that he mishandled at a very dangerous, in a very dangerous way. Now, when Trump gave that speech in which he called Jack Smith, deranged Jack Smith, and spoke about the double standard, CNN didn't cover and didn't take to the speech live, which was at 8.40. Anderson Cooper said, oh, we're not having that on our platform. There was a left-wing media outlet that did have the show live. I'm not sure exactly which one it was, maybe CBS, I'm not sure. And on the bottom, they wrote a disclaimer, this speech might incite violence. Woo! Donald Trump speaking might incite violence. Where does violence come from? As far as I know, it comes from the left. Look at the summer of 2020 where the media was inciting all these riots that we had across the country talking about how we have to defund the cops and how bad they are when that clearly isn't the case just because you had one bad apple, Derek Chauvin, killing a George Floyd, and he was a racist, doesn't reflect on the entire police department across the country. But the left had no problem lying to the American people and talking about the racism we have here and how corrupt and racist the, the police department, which is actually the most diverse body of government in this country. They have black, whites, Hispanics, Asians, Jews, and of every race and religion, the police force, that's what you have, as well as in the military. But now, for them to say that, which ended up causing people to die, businesses to be burnt down, and by the way, some of these shops were black-owned shops, right? So you're here yelling out and protesting as a white person, because you're upset about George Floyd, a black person, being killed because of racism, and you have no problem burning down. So you have this black shop owner standing in front of a store. You have a bunch of white Black Lives Matter people burning it down. Makes a lot of sense. So violence doesn't come from the right. You'll run to January 6th. January 6th. Talk about the violence. So you had trespassing. Yeah, people went in there. They were mad. Yeah. How many people died? One person. One unarmed Ashley Babbitt Trump supporter that was not killed by the Trump supporter, was killed by a Capitol Police man. Shot, right? The Trump supporters did not come with weapons. They went into the Capitol. Now, I think Antifa started the, the insurrection. They started attacking the Capitol because they were in the Capitol. And Antifa also has a record of attacking federal buildings and property in the summer of 2020, which we just spoke about. Antifa was busy lighting federal buildings and courthouses on fire. Now, why didn't they try in the summer of 20 the Capitol? Maybe because they knew they wouldn't be able to get in. So it could be there was some kind of the Capitol Police, Nancy Pelosi, and Antifa getting together on something here. But they were clearly in the Capitol, and so I think they started this insurrection and some bad Apple Trump supporters, and even not some bad Apple Trump supporters, that just thought, hey, it's, they went in already, so it's not illegal, you know, it's open, uh, it's a crime scene, we can walk over there, and they didn't know they are going to end up in the situation that they're in right now. But that wasn't any serious violence for you to say now when that left-wing media outlet was, was busy inciting the riots of 2020. Comparing January 6th to 2020 riots is a complete absolute joke. And to say that Trump is someone that incites violence and that this speech of Trump's on the evening 
after his arraignment on Tuesday in New Jersey, that's going to incite violence? Uh, I'm sorry. You got a little confused here. Now, Rachel Maddow on NBC, who was hosting at the time when Trump gave the speech, she said we're not having the speech for this reason. We're not taking it live. Here you go. Um, as we have said before in these circumstances, there is a cost to us as a news organization to knowingly broadcast untrue things. And then she went on to say that the goal of NBC is to bring truth to the table, and that would be going against their agenda, which is to bring the truth to their viewers. Now, NBC, Rachel Maddow was the first one, or one of the first, to come out and talk about Russian collusion when there was no evidence of that, clearly saying that Trump definitely colluded with the Russians, an absolute lie. I don't know about truth. I don't know if that's what you're looking for, Rachel Maddow. Here's what I think is going on. You know, if Trump lies during a speech or he makes arguments that are incorrect or takes things out of context— if NBC is right on the argument, let him speak, take to the speech live, right? He'll lie, he'll say some crappy things. Once he leaves the podium and you go away from the live feed, Rachel Maddow can then start disputing and saying Trump is wrong on that, Trump is wrong on this, and explaining why his arguments were not really true and they had a lot of holes in them. And here, viewers, this is the truth of the matter. And Trump lied about this and that, and this is why he's wrong. Why wouldn't you do that? Why didn't Rachel Maddow do that? You want to bring the truth? So fact-check him after he speaks. Now, this is a newsworthy speech, right? This is the former president, first time in history, now it was the second time was indicted, but the first time in history was in, that a president, a former president, was indicted for a federal charge. You want to take to his speech a response to that, right? Unless, here's what you're afraid. I think this is the case. NBC and Rachel Maddow were afraid of Trump making an argument that they can't respond to because it's the fact. And the reality slaps you so fat in the face, you don't have what to say. And so when Trump, the argument he should have made, I didn't hear the entire speech. I don't think he focused much on this as he should have. He focused way too much on the DOJ being corrupt, which I don't think should be the focus here. Obviously... You know, I, it, it should have been the talk, but you want to get into the actual thing. You don't just say, DOJ corrupt, they're targeting me, DOJ. You want to get to the argument and explain why the DOJ is corrupt. Trump should have said one thing, right? He was on left-wing media outlets, or it should have been, right? NBC was afraid of him saying, Joe Biden had classified information. Mike Pence had classified information. Joe Biden had it for years. He was the vice president. I'm president, former. Why did NARA specifically ask of me to give back the documents and not of Joe Biden? And you can't say, oh, because I had more documents than Joe Biden because I had 100. Joe Biden had 25, or maybe even more than we know at this point. The National Archives Association, they deal and handle with millions of documents. If they're able to track 100 of Trump's, Right? Then they're able to track 20 of Joe Biden. Percentage-wise, it's in the same category. Now, when Trump finishes that speech, the viewers hear that, and they're like, wow, you know what? He has a point here. I don't think the viewers give a crap about the DOJ being corrupt and specifically targeting President Trump because they think Trump is a monster, the biggest white supremacist in the history of the country. 
racist leader of the MAGA movement, do whatever you want. Everything is justified when it comes to Trump. You can throw him off a wall. You can you can throw him off a roof, grind him in a grinder. It doesn't matter. It's President Trump, right? But still, Rachel Maddow doesn't want to have to come after that speech and not be able to respond to that because it makes her look like a fool. The viewers are like, Trump has a point here. You look stupid, Rachel. You don't know what to say. What do you answer to that? There's nothing to answer. So that's why they didn't want to have that speech, right? When you don't have, if you're if you're on the right side of the argument, you're willing to get into the debate, and you're willing to allow the other person to speak because you can have what to answer. If you don't have what to respond, you don't want to listen to that person. You don't want to look like a fool. That's what it's all about. That's what the CNN, NBC, they didn't want to cover it because they didn't want to have to address the arguments made by President Trump since it's not addressable, at least in the way that you want it and the narrative that you want to shape for your viewers to see. You don't want to get the truth out to them. Not covering it because we focus on the truth. No, you're not covering it because you don't want the truth. You want your narrative to stick, and that's all that matters. There's a lot of talk if you look on social media, and some opinion hosts, talk show hosts are saying, if they arrest President Trump, we're going to have a civil war in this country. We're going to have such protests the country has never seen. Is that true? I don't think so. And what am I basing that on? I've tried. I don't think if Trump gets arrested, you're going to see much violence or serious outrage. I know that because a couple of months ago on social media, everybody was busy talking. If Trump gets indicted, which happened, two indictments, one in New York, Stormy Daniels thing with Alvin Bragg, despicable indictment, should have never happened. Crime is never enforced in New York. The only crime that's punishable for is if you're a Republican and your, na and your name is Donald Trump. That was one indictment. Then you had this one, this arraignment in Florida, with the classified documents. And a couple of months ago, everybody was saying, if he gets indicted, we're going to have a civil war in this country. Democrats should never dare doing this. They're never going to do it. And that happened. We had the indictment. We had the arraignment. And where's the outrage? Pretty fair question to ask. Now you're saying, if Trump gets indicted, we're going to have massive protests. At the Alvin Bragg thing in New York, you had a couple of thousand people there, maybe. You know, saying, uh, you know, DOJ is corrupt. Marjorie Taylor Greene gave a short speech, which didn't really work out well. Walked away. Then you had in Florida, you had a nice couple of people, nice thousands of people. You had cheering on President Trump. No serious outrage. No hundreds of hundreds of thousands of people, as was expected by most people in the country. Right? You have the leader of a party being arrested. Where's the outrage? Have a good one. Email the set2023 at gmail.com to give your feedback. The set2023 at gmail.com. And I.